MSW Media. Big shout out today to Helix Sleep. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use code HELIXPARTNER20. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, February 19th, 2024. Today, Judge Angoron fines Donald Trump and his associates $364 million and bars Trump from running a business in New York for three years. The immunity issue has been fully briefed to the Supreme Court. Jim Comer's star witness in his impeachment investigation into Joe Biden has been indicted for making false statements to Bill Barr's Department of Justice. Fonnie Willis and her father both testified in the recusal hearing in Fulton County. Putin's dissident Alexei Navalny has died in a Russian prison camp. Trump is booed offstage at SneakerCon in Pennsylvania. A whistleblower has said the top Border Patrol medical officer tried to order fentanyl lollipops for his trip to the U.N. General Assembly meeting in New York. And a judge has rejected Ken Paxton's final efforts to delay his fraud trial in Texas. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana. Happy Monday. How was your weekend? Oh, it was uh, it was good. I um, I spent it working in Florida. This, this weekend, I was in Florida um, for another event, raising some money, and I'm exhausted, actually. <laughs> some nights at work are just easier than others, and that wasn't one of them. Um, but we did what we needed to do. We hit our goals, and there was people fired up. The thing is, is that Florida, thank goodness, has a fantastic um, Equality Florida, another LGBTQ organization. So there's more than one down there that are fighting the good fight. And so if you are in Florida, any LGBTQ organization, Equality Florida, HRC, support them, support them so that they can um, help, especially in this upcoming election, we can flip some seats. And if you are in Florida, please remember that Rick Scott only won his Senate seat by 10,000 votes. That's it. And he's got a challenger that is doing really well. So get out there and vote, please. Please, please, please. Yeah. And especially in Florida, too, right? Hats off to Equality Florida and all LGBTQ plus organizations running down there mm -hmm. under that onslaught of just hate and bills and transphobia, like all of it. It's just the work that they do down there is so important and so incredible and brave. So thank you, my friend, for absolutely helping, helping raise money down there. For Oh, also, by the way, speaking of Florida. The, the congressional representative for their 23rd district, Jared Moskowitz, is going to join me today Nice for a discussion. He's wonderful. Um, we're going to talk to him. And I'll have a separate segment today on the indictment of Jim Comer's star witness, Alexander Smirnoff. But first, the $364 million question. This is Judge Engoron's decision. It came <laughs> down Friday at the very last minute, and it's a doozy. Uh, I assume you've seen all the reports, Dana. Oh, yeah, I have. And, you know, I've also seen the report saying they're going to try and uh, I don't even know the right uh, legal terms, but, you know, he's going to try and get this down so that the judgment isn't as high as it is. But right now it's pretty beautiful. It's pretty high. And to appeal, he will have to put forward the full amount. Thank you for the word appeal that I could not come up with <laughs> on this Sunday slash Monday morning. <laughs> Plus interest. 
Yeah. So if you take the three three fifty five is what Trump owes. The other eleven million, nine million is from for Weisselberg and his two adult sons. But three fifty five plus nine percent interest, plus what he owes Eugene, plus nine percent interest, also in New York. You look at a five hundred fifty million dollars. So yeah, it's going to be pretty difficult. Also, Trump has been barred for from running a business in New York for three years. Eric and Jr. have been barred for two years. McConaughey and Weiselberg have been banned for life from being accountants for anybody. Um, and Judge Angoran also addressed that $2 million Alan Weiselberg severance package mm-hmm. and said, yeah, looks like you were paid, buddy, to to not talk and to not cooperate. So you have to, you have to pay us a million dollars of that. The million you've got, you've got to pay, pay that back to us. Um, and... He seemed to signal to Weiselberg that Trump can't hold him to an illegal promise to not to not cooperate. Right. right. So he, that's interesting. And so, you know, all I can think of, though, is that there's still classified documents missing. Mm, I know. Highest bidder. How is he going to get this money? I mean, RNC is broke. NRA is broke. Trump Save America PAC is bleeding cash for legal representation, not just for Trump, but for his adult children and for Ivanka and Jared. So I mean, I mean, I guess maybe he can he can borrow it from Jared. I guess. Oh, but wait, you too can order a pair of his new tennis shoes for three ninety nine. Three hundred get to that and ninety nine. Yeah. yeah. Bidenomics must be working if you can afford four hundred dollars sneakers. My goodness. Uh, And Fonnie Willis blew us all away on on the witness stand um, during the recusal hearing in Fulton County. Absolutely incredible testimony from her. Then her father came up and testified and corroborated, you know, that, hey, he I taught her to keep cash in the house and to keep cash on her. That's why she has this cash to pay back a twenty five hundred dollar trip. And um, she was pissed and rightfully so and defended herself fantastically i think oh i agree i mean this would have never the, the fact that there is a conflict of interest because they think fonnie willis did not pay her part in a date or anything else and we have not brought up the conflict of interest with clarence thomas i'm like a big go fuck yourself because it is a blinding second yeah I, I just i can't i can't it's because she's a woman it's because she's black i just i can't yep and both of mike roman mike roman the dickhead that brought this whole disgusting thing up in the first place two of his attorneys are married mm-hmm. so that's not a conflict um and i i loved her line a man is not a plan a man is a companion so good and that turned into a meme after trump was <laughs> told he had to pay 355 million dollars <laughs> melania's sitting next to him and it's like the night melania found out a man is not a plan oops oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah and um pete and i are gonna cover the uh judge and goron decision and the testimony in fulton county in depth on this wednesday's cleanup on all 45 we recorded our bonus episode pete and i we had only seen wade's testimony we hadn't seen Fonnie willis's and and her father's and that just kind of changed the whole ball game there uh and lastly the immunity issue for trump is fully briefed andy and i go over all of those the the um you know, Trump's application for a stay, Jack Smith's response, and then Trump's response to that response. Andy and I go over all of those in detail on the latest episode of the Jack podcast, which is out now. It came out yesterday. And because I'm a huge nerd, I spent my Friday night partying, writing a mock <laughs> Supreme Court ruling. That's fun. On, on, on immunity. It's based on Trump v. Benny Thompson. 
um, which was, uh, remember when the National, the January 6th committee wanted stuff from the National Archives and Trump sued to block it, saying he Mm -hmm. has executive privilege? Mm -hmm. And the January 6th committee says, you're not the president. Uh, Joe Biden, the incumbent, is who decides executive privilege. But the D.C. Circuit Court said it doesn't matter. Even if he was the sitting president right now, it still wouldn't overcome the compelling need for these documents in an investigation by Congress. So the Supreme Court then wouldn't intervene. They denied the stay. And I think that we could see a similar outcome here. And I sort of based my mock Supreme Court ruling on that. We'll see what happens. I think maybe the 21st is when we could get a decision, but uh, who knows? It could be any time. So we'll talk about that um, on, on the Jack podcast. You can hear that now. All right. We have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. From Politico, Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny died from, quote, sudden death syndrome. That's what his mother was told Saturday by the prison where he had been incarcerated. This is from Reuters. Navalny, who's 40, who was 47, his longtime political opponent of Vladimir Putin, died in prison Friday, according to Russia's federal prison service. While the prison service said he died after losing consciousness following a walk, there was immediate widespread speculation, including from the U.S. and Joe Biden and Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, that Putin was involved. This is an assassination. The location of Navalny's body is unclear. A morgue near the Arctic prison where he died said it had not received the body. Where is it? Nobody knows. Uh, They were later told by officials that the body would not be handed over until an investigation was complete. Mm -hmm. What, like a cremation? Yeah. (laughs) Even though his lawyers were previously informed that the investigation had been concluded. And that's according to uh, Navalny's spokesperson. Now, there were media reports on Sunday that Navalny's body had been found in a hospital morgue in the Arctic and that it showed bruising. Russian opposition media reported there were bruises on Navalny's head and chest when his body was brought to the Salicard District Clinical Hospital. I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly, but those reports couldn't be verified. Navalny was arrested, as we know, in 2021 after returning to Russia from Germany, where he successfully recovered from a Novichok poisoning that was Kremlin ordered. And this all comes on the heels of Trump proclaiming he would encourage Russia and Putin to attack our NATO allies. And as Congress struggles to pass a foreign aid package that includes funding for Ukraine, Ukrainian forces are now having to retreat because they're running out of ammunition. And the death of Navalny should increase the urgency um, to pass this foreign aid package. But we'll see. Yeah, it came on the heels of that. And AG, unless I'm wrong, it also came on uh, the day after of Tucker Carlson being like, sometimes leaders kill some people. That's it. Some yeah. kill more than others. Yeah. Going around Russian grocery stores, talking about picking up a wine and saying, this is a great wine. This is from uh, Russian wine from Crimea. That's where Just the grapes are grown. I'm like, that Crimea? Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's all sketchy. Okay. It's a, such a sad story. His Bless his wife, too. She's incredible. She made that brilliant appearance. I know. Um, I hope they put her in protection immediately, though. A hundred percent. This is from Nicholas Rice at People. Donald Trump is facing criticism after he promoted $399 sneakers a day after court ordered him to pay $355 million as a penalty for fraud. The former president, who is also 77... 
I'm just going to point that out, even though it's not necessary because everyone's talking about Biden's age, showcased three different pairs of shoes while attending SneakerCon an apt name for this situation at the Philadelphia Convention Center in Pennsylvania on Saturday. Yeah, Quote, I've con man at sneaker right? con. <laughs> I've wanted to do this for a long time. I have some incredible people that work with me on things and they came up with this. This is what the incredible people came up with. This is something that I've been talking about for 12 years, 13 years. I think it's going to be a big success. That's what Trump said, according to the video shared online. He was supposed to give a 45-minute speech but was booed off the stage in under a minute. <laughs> that means people are tired of him. I guarantee these weren't just Democrats in that audience. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Among the items Trump was promoting were shoes known as the T-Red Wave and the POTUS 45, which are both priced at $199 and feature T for treason on the, su- on the number 45 <laughs> on the sides. A pair of gold. A pair of gold footwear deemed the, quote, never surrender high top sneakers, which should be called you can't run and you can't hide, uh, which similarly featured a T on the shoe. Meanwhile, those were priced at $3.99. They're currently sold out. Do they come in um, like wide because of bone spurs? Uh, They might. I hope so. Yeah, I'm assuming they're soulless but I haven't seen the shoes. (laughs) The purchase of a pair of sneakers, which are not tied to Trump's presidential campaign or the Trump organization. I would really like to find out where they're made. I've been trying to research this, by the way. I've been seeing China. I've been seeing they're made in China. Yep. By the way, they're not supposedly made by the Trump campaign or the Trump organization, given that his name, image, and likeliness have been licensed, by the way, to CIC Ventures LLC comes with extra laces and a Trump quote superhero charm. So he set up a shell company to take in the money for these sneakers? That's interesting. The website is also selling a quote Victory 47 perfume. Yeah, it smells like desperation and I think cold ketchup. Smells Uh, like a Las Vegas, like a downtown bathroom in Las Vegas. uh, Victory 47 perfume cologne. That's $99 if any of you listening would like to purchase them. (laughs) In a statement obtained by People, Biden-Harris 2024 Communications Director Michael Tyler reacted to Trump's promotional appearance over the weekend, stating, and I quote, This is Donald so Trump, good. This is yep, so good. Donald Trump showing up to hawk bootleg off-whites is the closest he'll get to any Air Force Ones ever again for the rest of his life. End <laughs> quote. It's so good. Hawk bootleg off-whites. That's, I just, it's a great turn of phrase. I love it. Trump's appearance at SneakerCon occurred a day after. We know that he was ordered to pay 354.9, if you want to get really specific, million dollars in penalties following a lengthy civil fraud trial on Friday. Since leaving office in 2021, Trump has been involved in several legal issues, several legal issues, (laughs) and investigations on various fronts, including into his political conduct and business affairs. Also, other affairs, if you know where this case actually started. Four of those investigations have led to indictments, including the first, which made him the only U.S. president to face criminal charges. And his first criminal trial, the one for election interference involving hush money payments, like I said, that affair begins March 25th in Manhattan. Yep, March 25th. We got our first criminal trial. And from Juan Lozano at Associated Press, a judge on Friday rejected Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton's attempts to throw out felony securities fraud charges that have shadowed the Republican for nearly a decade. The decision by District Judge Andrea Beal, an elected Democrat, keeps Paxton on track for an April 15th trial on charges that he duped investors in a tech startup. If convicted, 
he faces up to 99 years in prison. Paxton, who has pled not guilty, appeared in the Houston courtroom for the hearing, sitting at the defense table with his lawyers. Quote, he's ready for trial. This thing has been pending for eight years. That's what the, the special prosecutors want to dance. Put on your shoes. It's time to go. Let's dance. That's what Ken Paxton's attorneys. Where do they find these people? Put on your Trump never surrender gold shoes. We're going to (laughs) dance. Yeah. We Mm. take the golf cart at dawn because none of us can run that far. We ride at dawn. Get in, loser. We're going (laughs) to ride in the golf cart at dawn. (laughs) Brian Weiss, one of the special prosecutors handling the case, said it was important that Paxton's case go to trial because, quote, no one's above the law. And that includes Ken Paxton. That's why this case matters. During Friday's hearing, the other special prosecutor, Kent Schaefer, announced he was withdrawing ahead of the trial. After the hearing, Weiss said the two prosecutors parted ways after disagreeing over Schaefer's push to avoid a trial and instead settle the case through pretrial intervention. He wanted to settle. He wanted to plead this thing out. And Weiss was like, nah, nope, he's going to trial. Weiss and Schaefer recently reached out to Cogdell with the offer for pretrial intervention, which is like probation and would ultimately lead to the dismissal of the charges if a defendant stays out of legal trouble. Weiss says he doesn't believe pretrial intervention would have been appropriate because there would be no admission of guilt and no jail time. Quote, and without an acknowledgement of guilt, to me, that was worse than a slap on the wrist. That was, gee, let's get you a cocktail, a hot meal, and a breath mint. And that wasn't going to happen on my watch. That's what Weiss said. (laughs) Cogdell and Schaefer had reached out to him about the proposal and would have been happy to resolve the case without a trial and a dismissal. Now, Paxton is charged with defrauding investors in a Dallas-area tech company called Servergy. Okay. By not disclosing that he was being paid by the company to recruit them. His case has been delayed for nine years. Good Lord. With pretrial disputes over whether to hold the trial in Dallas or Houston and payment for the state special prosecutors who have contended they've not been consistently paid in this case. Paxton still faces other legal troubles. A federal investigation has been opened into some of the uh, charges presented in his recent impeachment. He is also fighting efforts by former top aides to make him testify in a whistleblower civil lawsuit that also includes allegations central to that impeachment. Thank you so much, A.G. And last in this segment, this is from Julia Ainsley at NBC. The chief medical officer for Customs and Border Protection pressured his staff to order fentanyl lollipops for him to take to the United Nations General Assembly meeting in New York in September. That's according to a whistleblower report sent to Congress on Friday. The whistleblowers said Dr. Alexander Eastman's staff raised questions about why he would need to order fentanyl lollipops to take with him. And he answered that it was part of his duties to make sure that any injured CBP uh, operators were cared for, making the argument that the lollipops would be necessary for pain management should an emergency occur. Quote, Eastman spent copious hours of his and Office of the Chief Medical Officer staff time directing the OCMO staff to urgently help him procure fentanyl lollipops, a Schedule II narcotic, so that he could bring them to CBP Air and Marine Operations Helicopter, on which he would be a passenger in New York City. This is from the whistleblower's report. It went on to say, Dr. Eastman claims that his possession of fentanyl lollipops was necessary in a case, uh, in case a CBP operator might be injured, or in case the CBP Air and Marine Operations team encountered a patient in need. Okay. Eastman's staff initially responded to his request by explaining that Narcan, 
which can save the lives of those who overdose on fentanyl, has been re- uh, excuse me requested by CBP operator- operations in the past, but not fentanyl itself. The whistleblowers say staff members raised questions about how he would store the lollipops and what he would do with unused fentanyl at the end of the operation. That's all according to the report. Eastman responded by writing his own policy, his own policy regarding procurement of Schedule II narcotics, which omitted any mention of how narcotics were to be stored and disposed of. Huh. I'm just going to write this up and whatever happens, who knows where they went? Maybe my pocket? We don't know. Eastman was ultimately unsuccessful in procuring fentanyl lollipops because a vendor could not be found in time for the U.S. General Assembly. Huh. The whistleblowers, represented by the nonprofit Government Accountability Project, also allege Eastman was under investigation by CBP's Office of Professional Responsibility at the time regarding improper ordering and securing of narcotics for a friend who was a pilot for Air and Marines operations. So this guy has been in trouble, Ooh. well, at least under scrutiny for a while. Well, now that the White House, now that Trump and Ronnie Jackson aren't at the White House anymore, it's, you know, probably a little more difficult to obtain these. Yeah. But and so he had to write a policy. Down. He had to change the policy to say, you don't, I, we don't have to talk about how it was disposed of or not used. Nope. What happens to the leftovers? Apparently you can just write your own policy. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, <laughs> that's a, mind-blowing story. It'll be interesting to watch where that uh, whistleblower report goes. It's with Congress right now. And speaking of Congress, I get to talk to Jared Moskowitz. He's a congressman from Florida's 23rd district. But before that, I wanted to quickly go over with you all what's going on with that indictment of Alexander Smirnoff, who is Jim Comer and Jim Jordan's star witness in their impeachment of Joe Biden, who has been indicted for lying about everything but we need to take a quick break first everybody stick around we'll be right back hey everybody it's ag as you know the foundation to a great day is a great night's sleep i've been using my custom mattress from helix sleep for years now but i can still remember how uncomfortable my old mattress was how difficult it was to fall asleep and stay asleep i woke up sore had aches and pains i wasn't rested but now every night is wonderful and i greet each morning feeling fully rested and that's so important not just for getting your stuff done during the day but for your mental health just go to helixsleep.com dailybeans take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life and you'll get 20 percent off all mattress orders and two free pillows there's many Many different preferences and ways to sleep. I sleep on my side and I prefer a medium firm bed. So the Helix Sleep Quiz matched me with the Helix Midnight. This mattress is an exact match for my needs and I know they have a match for you too. From the award-winning Lux Collection to the newly released Helix Elite Collection, Helix has 20 unique mattresses designed for anyone and everyone in all the ways you sleep. They even have mattresses that are perfect for big and tall friends, as well as the little ones, making sure everyone gets a chance to get a perfect night's sleep. So if you're in the market for a new mattress, don't go to the mattress store. Go online, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and under two minutes, you'll find your perfect mattress match. It'll be shipped straight to your door free of charge. Uh, they have a 100-night in-home trial, so you can sleep on it for 100 sleeps and see if it's right for you. And each mattress has a 10 or 15-year warranty. So it's 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 a no-brainer. I love my Helix Sleep Mattress, and you will too. Right now, Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I wanted to take a segment to go over the recent indictment 
of House Republicans star witness in the Joe Biden impeachment. His name is Alexander Smirnov. And let me just read to you from the DOJ press release on the indictment of the Biden impeachment witness. It says today, a federal court, this is Friday, today, a federal court unsealed a two count indictment returned by a federal grand jury in the Central District of California, charging Alexander Smirnov, 43, with making false statements in violation of Title 18 U.S. Code Section 1001 and creating a false and fictitious record in violation of Title 18 U.S. Code Section 1519 for statements he made that were recorded in an official record of Federal Bureau of Investigation known as a Form 1023. This is from David C. Weiss, Special Counsel. On February 14th, 2024, a federal grand jury returned the indictment and Smirnoff was arrested at the Harry Reid International Airport in Las Vegas, Nevada, after his arrival from the U.S. Uh, to the U.S. from overseas. Later today, Smirnoff will have an initial appearance at the federal courthouse in the District of Nevada at 2.30 p.m. Pacific time. According to the indictment, Smirnoff was a confidential human source with the FBI. As alleged in the indictment, despite repeated admonishments that he must provide truthful information to the FBI and that he must not fabricate evidence, Smirnoff provided false derogatory information to the FBI about public official one, that's Vice President Joe Biden at the time, and business person one, that's Hunter Biden, the son of public official one, Joe Biden, in 2020, after public official one became a presidential candidate. So the indictment says in March of 2017, Smirnoff reported to an FBI agent he had a phone call with the owner of Burisma Holdings Limited concerning Burisma's interest in acquiring a U.S. company and making an initial public offering on a U.S.-based stock exchange. In reporting that conversation to the FBI, Smirnoff also noted that Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, was a member of Burisma's board, a fact that was publicly known. The indictment alleges that Smirnoff provided no further information at that time in 2017. Three years later, in June 2020, the indictment alleges that Smirnoff reported for the first time two meetings in 2015 or 2016. As alleged in the indictment, Smirnoff falsely claimed that during those meetings, executives with Burisma admitted to him they hired Hunter Biden to, quote, protect us through his dad from all kinds of problems, and later that they had specifically paid $5 million dollars to Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, $5 million each, when Joe Biden was still in office as vice president, so that Hunter Biden would take care of all those issues through his dad, referring to a criminal investigation being conducted by then-Ukrainian prosecutor uh, to, into Burisma that was Shokin, and, quote, a deal with the then-Ukrainian prosecutor general. So this is the bribery that Jim Comer and Jim Jordan talk about. As alleged in the indictment, the events that Smirnoff first reported to the agent in June of 2020 were fabrications. In truth, in fact, the defendant had contact with executives from Burisma in 2017 after the end of the administration when Joe Biden no longer had the ability to influence U.S. policy and after the Ukrainian prosecutor General Shokin had been fired in February of 2016. The indictment alleges that the defendant transformed his routine and unextraordinary business contacts with Burisma in 2017 into bribery allegations against Joe Biden after expressing bias against Joe Biden and his presidential candidacy. As further alleged in the indictment, when he was interviewed by FBI agents in September of 2023, oh, that's just like seven, eight months ago, Smirnoff repeated some of these false claims, changed his story as to some of his other claims, and promoted a new false narrative after he said he met with Russian officials. 
If convicted, he faces a maximum penalty of 25 years in prison. Uh, That's five years for the 1001 charge and 20 years max for the 1519 obstructing uh, obstruction of justice, falsification of documents. And that's a blockbuster blow to Jim Comer and Jim Jordan, along with all House Republicans and Fox News, who has been breathlessly reporting on the bribery scheme in exchange for policy which, as it turns out, was Russian disinformation from a Kremlin spy. But the fact that in 2020, Bill Barr set up an office to intercept all the Rudy Giuliani stuff from Ukraine. And in February of 2020, Mother Jones reported, quote, the top federal prosecutor in western Pennsylvania has been thrust into the news on Monday when Attorney General Bill Barr confirmed to reporters that the Department of Justice had set up a, quote, intake process in the field, unquote, to receive information related to Ukraine, former Vice President Joe Biden and his son Hunter Biden that had been gathered by Rudy Giuliani. Remember that? That prosecutor's name is Scott Brady. And it's of note that Smirnoff lied to him and the FBI back in 2020. But that case was quietly closed without charges. Bill Barr just this week told CNN that it wasn't closed, it was handed off to Delaware, which is where David Weiss was the U.S. attorney in 2020. But Weiss, who was appointed to investigate Hunter Biden in 2018 by Bill Barr, didn't actually get the case until one month before Merrick Garland gave him special counsel status. It's less than a year ago. And before David Weiss indicted Hunter Biden. So why is Weiss just now indicting Smirnoff? I think... It's to cover up the fact that Bill Barr and his college buddy, Scott Brady, their longtime friends, that U.S. attorney in Pittsburgh, I think that was a setup to insulate Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump from indictment. And now that Weiss, who originally, by the way, wanted a plea deal with Hunter Biden, but was forced basically to indict him uh, because of political pressure from Trump and House Republicans, and remember, He didn't get a search warrant for the stuff until after he indicted him. Because of that indictment, now he's facing discovery in this case. And I think he indicted Smirnoff to cover his ass, Bill Barr's ass, Trump's ass, and Scott Brady's ass. Because all of this would have come out in trial, in the trial and the discovery process in Hunter Biden's indictment. And and there would obviously be questions about why this guy, Smirnoff, and his 1023 at the heart of Joe Biden's impeachment wasn't indicted by Barr and Brady four years ago. All of this had been covered up. And it would all come out now. And and Weiss didn't want to indict Hunter Biden. Remember, he, won, he, he had a diversion agreement, a plea deal, but the Republicans went after him so hard, and then then indictments came. He asked to be made special counsel, and indictments came. And now that he's been forced to indict Hunter Biden with really flimsy charges, he would have to go through discovery, and all of this shit would come out. So I think he indicted this guy to cover his ass. Just my two cents. And I'll ask Congressman Jared Moskowitz about it after this break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am happy and proud to be joined today 
by Florida's 23rd representative, Mr. Jared Moskowitz. Hi. Hi, Representative Hi. Moskowitz. How are you? How's it going? I, I'm good. It's going good. I am so happy to meet, first of all, having been a stand-up comedian for 10 years, you are the funniest member of Congress that I know. So thank you for that. Well, they make it easy. I mean, they're they're writing all the material. I'm just pointing it out. It is comedy gold, isn't it? And the latest comedy gold is that 1023 that they've been harping on for years now that is at the, the center. The birthplace, the 1023, the birthplace of the Joe Biden fake faux frivolous Joe Biden impeachment. Yes, that 1023 was generated from a man who was just indicted. His name is Alexander Smirnov for lying about everything that was in that 1023. And I, I just wanted your top line thoughts on that first. Well, well, the best part, and I want to paint the scene for you, is we, you know, it breaks about this 1023 form. You know, they make a whole big deal. Grassley is the one who releases it. You know, could it's a classified, you know, document? And all of a sudden, all the members of oversight have to go into a skiff, right? So we got to go into like a lead proof room to read this document, which we're then not supposed to talk about because, of course, it's classified. But, you know, Comer and, and company, you know, they have a they have a podium set up right outside the room. And what do they, they start talking about everything in the document? Oh, it says specifically that Joe Biden got five million dollars right out of this Burisma nonsense. First of all, even if you at that time believed what was in the document, it was seven year old information, double hearsay, which had been translated from Russian. So all, right off the bat, we were like, what is this? garbage. But that's right. That's right. We now find out that the gentleman who provided the information into the 1023 form, which was the birth of why Joe Biden should be impeached, was fibbing, was lying. He made the whole thing up. It is pure fiction. And it read like it, by the way, when we when we first saw it. So, you know, I, you know, thoughts and prayers to James Comer. <laughs> uh, his his days are numbered. You know, it's why we're not having any hearings anymore, you know, because even when he called his own witnesses, they said there was no evidence to impeach Joe Biden. And now the very little evidence they had, right, was all made up. Well, they're two star witnesses. The other one is an indicted Chinese spy for the People's Republic of China. So, right. So yeah, now he, we was have only, a he was only spy. trying to sell Iranian oil and and be an arms dealer to the Libyans. This is who James Comer wanted to rely on. Well, it makes sense. The entire Trump administration was helping Iran skirt sanctions. Uh, but, you know, we could talk about that another day. But this goes deeper, though. This was laundered information that Rudy Giuliani brought in to a guy named Scott Brady, who Bill Barr set aside as a silo, as a filter to this Russian disinformation to come in. And First now of all, you should show some due respect to Rudy Giuliani. OK, that's your that's the future attorney general. Yes, you're correct. I apologize. Future attorney general Rudy Giuliani. Um, but, you know, this all like they were filtering, laundering Russian disinformation into the Congress and into congressional investigations through through Rudy Giuliani into good old Ron Johnson from Wisconsin. And, and you know, Grassley, like you mentioned, this was part of that whole thing. And it's so it's very curious that David Weiss, who was investigating Hunter Biden and about to have to get a bunch of discovery about Hunter Biden, all of a sudden comes up with this indictment for lies that were told in 2020 under Bill Barr's watch, by the way. So this whole thing, I think, goes a lot deeper than, than just even the surface ridiculousness that is the fact that Comer wants to impeach Joe Biden on a, on a ton of Russian laundered propaganda lies. 
Yeah, it's kind of funny, right? Like the Republican special counsel that was appointed uh, to, it was a Donald Trump appointee, the Republican special counsel. He's the one who's going to look into Hunter Biden, right? And Republicans are super excited looking to Hunter Biden. But then you can also see that they were like a little nervous about it. Like, you know, they didn't, you know, they were worried about the David Weiss stuff. And look, Hunter's gotten himself into trouble. He's going to have to deal with that. But, but now, of course, Someone's looking into the accusations, all of the accusations. And as a result of looking into the you know, propaganda that they've been you know, pushing out of oversight, we now find that the entire case that they've built against Joe Biden is, is, is done. I mean, it's just done. It's just completely over. I mean, you know, if Mike Johnson really was the Speaker of the House, which he isn't because that's Donald Trump, <laughs> Mike Johnson would end, would end this thing. It would, be, it would be over with. He would. Um, so, and, and he would pass... Ukraine aid and and foreign aid and he would he would have passed that border bill now well, now listen don't but don't take the wins away from them you know they <laughs> the they they they're, they're, they look the 118th Congress has been crushing it I mean it that it, under their leadership they are making history only okay? Republicans in the 118th Congress could actually give Democrats the border as an issue to run on listen but you don't understand how historic it is. OK, that they removed the speaker, which had never happened. Mm -hmm. They haven't they have impeached a secretary without any evidence, by the way. That hasn't happened in 150 years. They threw out one of their own members that hadn't happened in 20 years. And and you know what? When they really have the energy, they pass a censure. Uh, and so, you know, they they're really delivering, I think, for the American people. <laughs> Speaking of that, um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Comer because there was some back and forth with you, which was spectacular, by the way, about uh, I think it was Sollenberger or some other uh, intrepid journalist who uncovered the fact that Comer himself has had some land swaps and uh, with an, those LLCs oh, with a shell LLCs, company. Man. And and I think I think he referred to you as a Smurf. And then the next time you wore a tie with a Smurf on it. Well played. Uh, but to talk a little bit about what you know about Comer's land swaps beside what's in. The, is there anything that we don't know about it yet? Or, I mean, is it all kind of out there on the table and obvious? So I, here's what I would say about that. Right. I, I was never accusing Comer of doing anything wrong. I was merely applying the same standard to him that he was applying to the Bidens. Right. People have LLCs like a limited liability corporation is a legit corporation. I have right? an there's, LLC. Right. There's. There's a gazillion of these things. OK, and yes, even, you know, some people have LLCs that feed into other LLCs because it depends on whose partners and what uh, in what business operation. And so when it was uncovered that Comer had LLCs with his brother. OK, and that's great. Comer's a successful guy. I, I don't I, I, I'm, I'm very happy for him. Right. Uh, although he then took shots at Dan Goldman for 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 being successful. Um, yeah, I noticed all that. I was. All I wanted to do was just say to do what the Republicans do all the time, which is, I don't know, James, you know, some people are saying those LLCs could be a problem. Are they shell companies? Who knows? We don't know, James. You might have to tell us. You might have to show us the information. I mean, why are why are there land swaps between you and your brother? That sounds fishy, perhaps, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, and because that's all James was doing on on Newsmax for six months it, is he was asking these open ended questions like, well, why do they have this? What what are they hiding? They're shell companies. There was no evidence of any of that. And I don't have any evidence against against Comer. I just wanted to give him a taste of his own medicine. And you saw him come unglued. He totally I mean, that, did. <laughs> I mean, I'm a freshman in the minority. 
right? I'm a, I'm a nobody. And he stopped the clock. I mean, look, we get five minutes. In those five minutes, I can say whatever I want. Of course, there are rules we have to we have to, you know, apply, but I get to talk about whatever I want. And if you're if you're Comer, if you're the chairman, you want my five minutes to go as fast as possible. But no, no, no. He stopped the clock to take me on, which he lost. It didn't go well for him. And then I got my, my remaining time back, which means I got to close on the issue. Um so yeah, he called me a smurf. I, I when he said that, I was like, "Oh, James, keep talking, baby, keep coming. I, I, you have just given me gold." I knew exactly <laughs> what he had done when he did it, and so yeah, I've been trolling him with the whole with the whole. What did he think he was going to get under my skin? I, I mean, but that's one of the things that's fascinating is that some of these folks that you serve with in Congress that can dish it out. Man, they cannot take it. They have thin skin, they're snowflakes. And as soon as you give it back to them, they just like, how dare you? It's like, wait a second. Well, Taylor, you're doing this all day. Taylor Swift scares them. So, but yeah, but the swaps with with Comer weren't, you know, the loans and the paybacks weren't equal. The, the, when, when the Biden family loans fa- money to for the truck, he gets exactly what he sent back and they have the checks to show it. And well, that's it also my loan. point, right? He never talks about the truck. He just says there's a check. Yeah. And what is this check for? But Comer Why and his brother there... had some you land know? swaps that didn't even out. Somebody got a Correct. lot of extra money out of the deal. And so that it's a, it's a little bit weirder. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that there are journalists looking into it. Um, and and I hope y'all uh, in I want to talk about the next Congress because the Democrats are going to take the House back. Obviously, they the Republicans have driven it into the ground. And I'm wondering you if you, you don't want to talk about what it's like to go to a Russian grocery store these days. Well, let me tell you, uh, <laughs> the unemployment rate is amazing. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah. And the and you, did you did you know if you put money in the cart to get the cart and you return the cart, you get the money back, it, Jared? It is very clear that the sanctions against Russia have not stopped their march on technology. I mean, these locks, these locks that they have on these shopping carts are so advanced that here's what's really cool. You put a coin in, right? 10 rubles. And if you return the cart, you get your coin back. It's like he's been to an American airport in the last 50 years. It's just brilliant. It's like chess. I mean, it's unbelievable what's going on in Moscow. You know, if I could have a summer home, that's where it would be. Except unfortunately, I'm on the, I'm banned. Uh, Putin has banned me from entering Wouldn't Russia, you know which feels it. like a gift. Now you can't take advantage of that rapidly improving. And I'm going to have to live through Tucker. I'm going to have to live vicariously, vicariously through, through Tucker. Tucker as he as he as he walks through the city and takes the subway and goes to a Russian grocery store and tells Americans that, boy, you know, we, we really are not living. How how could how have we gone this far with it? Well, wait. Never mind. You know, we have had it, but only in airports. I wish we had it in grocery stores like they do in Russia. So far ahead of us. No, I want to talk about I do want to talk about that, but I also want to talk about um, what's what you're going to do in the next Congress, other than maybe investigate um, what's going on here with uh, David Weiss and, and their whole debacle with multiple indicted whistleblowers and stuff like that. Um, that would be fun to to investigate that. But what are you looking forward to uh, when Democrats take the House back? Well, look, there's no doubt, and we we continue to bring this up, that as Republicans continue to break the place, right, and get rid of all sorts of norms, like that's going to come back. 
right? I mean, that, that's going to come back. I mean, it, that's just the way the place works, right? You censure two members, then we then they censure four members in the next Congress, and here we go on this whole uh, on this whole merry-go-round. I, I do think we're going to have to look into some of this stuff that has gone on in oversight just to get our hands around what they knew when. Like, my biggest question now, quite frankly, is when did the Republicans know that the 1023 form, the information in there was false, right? How and why did they conceal that from the American public? And by the way, I'm, I may be wrong. Maybe they found out like we all did that um, that he was being indicted. Maybe that was the first time they found out. But, uh, you know, maybe not. Maybe they've known now for a couple of months that they peddled misinformation. And then when they realized it was wrong, didn't come out and correct it, let it still be out there for a long period of time. I mean, that's something that's good to know, because I think we got to show the American people that a lot of what they see is just pure theater. It's pure Broadway, right? It's just, it could be Beetlejuice, but it's pure theater <laughs> uh, at, at, at all times. You know, as far as the, the new Congress, I mean, look, we have to, we have to look at the whole picture. So obviously right off the bat for me, I think we need to, we need to figure out how we can protect, you know, women's rights um, I, I think we need to figure out how we can make progress uh, on gun violence prevention uh, while obviously still upholding the, the Second Amendment. I mean, Florida did a really good job after the shooting uh, in my hometown of Parkland, in my high school, right? Raised the age to 21, three-day waiting periods, red flag laws. Those red flag laws have been used 12,000 times in Florida in the last six years. So 12,000 times law enforcement deems someone a danger to themselves or danger to others. Um, and those laws are working and there are no mass protests in the street of Florida that people can't, you know, get a gun to protect their family. So the Second Amendment is well preserved. And yet we have these these laws that are working that are keeping people safe. And so, I, you know, for me, that's a that's a priority of mine. But also we have to look at, you know, what's the Senate going to be like? Are the Republicans going to take the Senate? So we can have all these wonderful, great ideas that we can pass. And, and that's something that's weird in Congress. It's like, Sometimes you're like, we did, a, we passed the law, we we did our job, and you're like, hold on a second, the Senate isn't going to take what we just passed. So, right, yes, like the Mayorkas impeachment, um, right, like the Mayorkas impeachment, like they're <laughs> declaring victory, like there's not even going to be a trial in the floor of the Senate well, on that. Day. Yeah, even when the 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 new House in 117 uh, passed HR one, we had a power sharing agreement in the Senate, which made it even though Democrats had the majority in the Senate. We still couldn't get a lot of stuff passed. Uh, we did. I mean, we ended up getting infrastructure and the um, Inflation Reduction Act and I mean, right, chips yeah. and packed. I mean, this is more legislation than I've seen out of any one administration in the history of my it's, life. It's fu it's funny. I'll give you a little like palace entry. Right. It's no secret that, you know, most of my Republican colleagues don't like Nancy Pelosi. But in private, when the cameras are off, the way they talk about, holy cow. How did she get this done with a four vote majority? You can see the respect level for how she was able to do all of that has gone up dramatically with Republican colleagues because they're going through it now. I mean, they're really they're really going through it. Yeah. Um, and, and so you have to think that Nancy had the identical scenario, right? A very small majority and was able to pass these you know, monumental, life-changing policies, you know, with getting it through the Senate and President Biden. I mean, it was a very successful two years uh, for them. And the Republicans are showing in this in a similar scenario, they can't they can't get that done. 
They're not able to do that. They're so fractured. Donald Trump, Trump has broken them in so many different ways that, you know, they're better as a minority party, um, they, you yeah, know, because yeah. you get to say no to everything. Yeah. And just before I, I let you go, do you think that they're going to bring up this uh, Senate foreign aid bill in the House? How do you think that's going to happen? Are we going to are Dems going to make a deal with Mike Johnson that will protect him from a motion to vacate uh, in order to get him to bring the bill to the floor? Because I don't know if a discharge petition is going to work. What? How do you see this? We need to get Ukraine aid passed. How do you see it happening? Well, first of all, in, in addition to Ukraine aid and, and Israel aid and the humanitarian aid that's in there. Right. For Gaza. The, uh, yeah. A third of the money that's in there. OK, actually replenishes U.S. stockpiles. Oh, well, yeah. Well, so we first, all know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for, first of all, well, so, you know, I don't know that the American people actually know that of the 90 billion, a third of it, that money stays right in country to replenish our own stockpiles. In addition to the weapons we're supplying, those are also made here. So that money is staying here as well. It's not just all foreign aid where it's going, you know, overseas, bye-bye to, you know, $90 billion. Um, yeah, which also increases our U.S. manufacturing and uses right. U.S. steel and uses labor. So it's a triple win. That's exactly right. Uh, and also sends a message message that we're going to stand by our allies. And it sends a message to our enemies that we can still function. I mean, if you're if you're Putin or Xi, you're looking at Congress and you're thinking to yourselves, man, if they can't if they can't do this, then we it's free reign for us. So it, it, the message that the 118th Congress is sending around the world is is pretty scary, let alone Donald Trump saying just, you know, go invade Europe to Putin. But here, let me tell you about the Mike Johnson thing. The, the 118th Congress is totally governed by the motion to vacate. The motion to vacate is exactly the reason why things are so dysfunctional. Because as long as one member says, if you do this, I'm going to make a motion to vacate, right? We saw it with McCarthy, and now we now we see it with Johnson. And Johnson has the history of what happened to McCarthy. So now the motion to vacate is even more powerful because they've seen it and in It's action. more real, yeah. It's more real, 100%. It's not a theory anymore. And so Johnson, actually, I think himself as a person is actually with us. If you look at his statements, if you, if you multiple statements, he has said that he, you know, it's very important to make sure that Putin doesn't continue to march. And so I think Mike Johnson wants to get it done. The problem is he knows that his whatever avenue he picks, someone is going to make a motion to vacate. Now, look, it's myself. I will never let Marjorie Taylor Greene succeed on a motion to vacate. I am not turning the house over to Marjorie Taylor Greene. So as a, myself, I would vote against anything that she puts forward. Um, I don't know that Democrats can come out and say, hey, Speaker Johnson, if you do the right thing by our allies and send that message to our enemies, we're going to protect you. Because if we put that out there publicly, I think that hurts him, right? It hurts him. I think he'll lose more of his votes. But I do think if it were to happen that way, where he goes and he makes a decision and then Democrats and then, you know, the Freedom Caucus makes a motion. I don't think you would see it go the way of Kevin McCarthy. McCarthy I think right. it would be a, I think it would be a different outcome. Let me give you a wrinkle. Here's the wrinkle. We come back after our break and we have 72 hours to keep the government open. OK, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Because of the yeah. laddered continuing resolution. That's right. So he could do another CR, which is a, 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 a short term. He could do a long term, but he could face a motion to vacate with that, which is what happened to Kevin. Okay, so he's not out of the woods with this motion to vacate. 
he could also decide, you know what, I'm going to we're going to shut down the government because that's what my freedom people want. And he shuts down the government. Well, well, that the chess move there is it's checkmate for him if he does that. Why? He doesn't have the votes to reopen the government. So he would have to come to Democrats to reopen the government. There are 10 Republicans that will never vote to reopen the government. They'll keep it closed indefinitely. So now he's got to go make a deal for us to reopen it. Well, once he does that, why don't those members go and make the motion to vacate? So wherever he turns, this is this is like chess. Wherever he turns, you know, someone's going to get him, the, the, the bishop, the rook, the knight. Someone is going to get him and file that motion to vacate. I don't know that he can avoid the motion unless those Freedom Caucus members just back down or unless, again, he survives the motion to vacate. So I think we're headed there one way or another. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how all that plays out. Um, I can't wait until we have the 119th Congress. <laughs> yeah, look, Hakeem Jeffries is going to be a bit uh, um, an amazing speaker. He's he going to be an historic speaker. And Hakeem gets what I just said to you. He understands, yeah, the House can pass stuff. But if our Senate companions are going to take it, it doesn't become law. So Hakeem, Hakeem will figure that out. He will figure out how to get stuff through and get the Senate to take it. I actually have a lot of faith in him. Yeah. And it's not just about that. It's about the committees um, and and uh, all the work, all the good work that the committees do. Thank you so much for spending time with me. I feel like I overstepped my time boundaries with you. I know you're very busy, but I appreciate you spending some time with me today. Um, why don't you tell everybody where they can find and follow you on, on social media? Because it, it's it's the the videos, the the comments, the hearings, the things that you bring up. The the gun violence, the Marjorie Stone, the Marjorie, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Stoneman Douglas High School. Yeah, your speeches on the floor on that are so powerful. I want everybody to see these. I want everybody to follow you. So tell everyone where they can do that. Well, you know, obviously I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm on YouTube. We have an Instagram page. I'm not on TikTok. Um, I'm much of my videos wind up on TikTok, but I I do not. I'm not on TikTok. But so it's it's Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. Uh, and and Twitter. If you want to see sarcasm, you, you can follow me on Twitter. I have a lot of fun. Uh, it's my, it, you know, that that's where I kind of like say the things that my staff cringes over. Uh, that's <laughs> that's on Twitter. That's my favorite stuff. That's my favorite stuff from you, uh, Florida twenty third uh, representative uh, Jared Moskowitz. Thanks for spending time with us today. No, thanks for having me. Everybody, stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news? Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, especially places and cities and towns, <laughs> very bad because we need them with those pronunciations. You can send those in if you have a shout out to a loved one, a shout out to yourself, a small business in your area or your small business. Um, or, you know, if you don't have pod pet tax to pay, you can shout out an adoptable pet in your area and we can try to help get that little fur baby adopted or reptile. It might be a scale baby instead of a fur baby, however you want to do it, whatever you're into. Uh, also, we love to hear your stories about great care you've received at the VA or um, your your student debt forgiveness stories are just incredible. Wooby stories, blanky stories, stuffed animal stories, anything you want to send us at all, you can send it to dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. First step, 
Anonymous correction. Taylor Taranto is from Pasco, Washington. We are a three and a half hour drive from Seattle. Help. Sadly, we are surrounded by many Taranto types here in this very red part of a blue state. It's terrifying to think that he came extremely close to being released and coming back here. Love the pod and listen every day. Thank you, Anonymous, for that correction. Nice. AG, do you want to take the next one and I'll take the two short after that? Yeah, sure. Let's do it that way. Next up, grateful to have coffee with good news to start my day. Pronouns she and her. Quote, know your beans has been a longtime family motto. <laughs> it began when my mom's brother, filling in as grandpa to our daughters after my parents passed away, hoisted my daughter, then two, onto his knee and leaned in with kind eyes and a huge smile and, and huge eyebrows <laughs> and started the conversation with, you look like someone who knows their beans. This uncle's family dog was a giant German shepherd named Mahler. My husband gasped and froze when introduced, thinking it was Mahler, like M-A-U-L-E-R, and not Mahler, M-A-H-L-E-R. Hence, the name was sending a message. My uncle said, no, no, after the composer. (laughs) (laughs) Every dinner during the visit uh, had one of Mahler's compositions playing in the background. When the girls went missing, a large house in the woods, we searched and called frantically, They were found standing quietly next to the front door, herded into the corner with Mahler, the dog, sitting at attention on on their feet and then moved or neither of them, if they moved or made a sound, his nose would give them a gentle nudge. When my uncle appeared and started laughing, Mahler released them and then there were hugs for all. (laughs) That's cool. The love of dogs and the love of asking all questions all of the time to keep on top of know your beans were woven into my daughter's DNA. So thanks for all you do. Here's a photo. My pod pet tax is Lilu, who is now 14. This was taken at the height of COVID when keeping distance at the dog park was one's only way to talk to anyone in person. The ball is a gift sent to Lilu from her dog park buddy so she could save face after having a couple of teeth removed and her teeth were cleaned. Oh my gosh. That's hysterical. It's one of those balls that is teeth. That's so cute. Beautiful Perfectly placed. Yeah. Thank you for that. This one is from uh, Suzuki. I hope I'm saying that right. Suzuki. Pronouns she and her. Song lyrics since uh, correct. Song lyrics since corrected. I'm one of five siblings who creatively sang along with the radio when we were preteen. One song's lyric out of my mother, uh, my mouths, Jesus, Dana. One song's lyrics out of our mouths was double knit toaster, blub, blub. <laughs> it was years later that I realized the song was love roller coaster. <laughs> I like double knit toaster. I do too. Pet tax attached, my almost 12-year-old Montana rescue who now resides in Washington State. What a sweetheart. A sweetheart. Oh, oh. this looks like a what the mutt. We oh. have stars going on here. Okay. Uh, Jack Russell Terrier, Chihuahua, Chow. It looks like there, maybe there's like a beagle. Catahoula, <laughs> beagle. It's probably like a full bred something. Right. I know. All right. Let's see. We're all we like 15. One of these will be right. She's full bred Parson Russell Terrier. <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone's curious what a parson russell terrier looks like it's a mix between a, a cattle dog a terrier a chihuahua a beagle a shepherd um a boxer but apparently it's actually just one dog because it looks like a jack russell right but it's it a parson. we also couldn't see how big she was very cute next short one is just from lex no pronouns given just wanted to share some underwater treasure in monterey bay oh beautiful yeah that's oh, that's lovely. That's very peaceful. Like it I can is. just stare at this. 
and just chill. Thank you for that. Next up from Mike M. No pronouns. I appreciate the newsy laughs first thing in the morning. There was a minor misquote in a previous show. Senator John Fetterman of Pennsylvania called Rand Paul a peckerhead, not a prick. (laughs) For forcing the Senate to work over last weekend. (laughs) Apologizes for nitpicking. But I think you'll agree peckerhead is objectively funnier than prick. And the senator earned the giggle. Absolutely, Mike M. Thank you for this. I'm imagining SCOTUS hearing over the textual intent of Fetterman's insult and Justice Gorsuch saying peckerhead in his drawn out prickish diction. (laughs) Awesome job creating a space to discuss Senate and SCOTUS penile insults. Many thanks. (laughs) I also love that this phrase peckerhead is drawn out prickish diction. So there's like basically three different ways in that sentence. It's fantastic. So good. All right, this one's from Anonymous, pronouns he and him. Hi, AG and DG and my fellow Leguminati. Good news from the woods of northern Wisconsin. At long last, I finished the first draft of a novel called Pumpkin Guts. It's a bonkers Halloween creature feature, comedy horror, and hitting send on the email to my editor felt like winning first place in the seventh, excuse me, 70th annual Hog Creek Chili Cook-Off. <laughs> when you finish a novel at 1 a.m., there's usually no fanfare, no confetti, no dumping of Gatorade. I have a full-time job, a part-time job, an 11-year-old son, 10 side projects, and several brilliant podcasts that I'm behind on. It's hard to write at all, but I propped my eyelids open with toothpicks and took this thing across the finish line. (laughs) Once it goes through editing, I'll start queer... this is going to be a tongue twister for me, querying literary agents. These are trying times, but I hope every MSW media listener out there is relentlessly pursuing their own dreams. I second that. Here's a stanza from a poem called The Ladder of St. Augustine by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that keeps me motivated. The heights by great men reached and kept were not attained in sudden flight, but they, while their companions slept, were, to- were toiling upwards in the night. <laughs> Thanks for all you do, AG, DG, and the MSW team. Ke- uh, putting my hand in the air in case anybody wants to smack it and high five. <laughs> I give you a high five, Anonymous. High five right back at you. Air digital virtual high five, Anonymous. Congratulations. That's a lot of work. That's awesome. All right. Next up from Anonymous, pronoun she and her. Greetings, fine human beings. I've been listening for about six months. I love the show. Came for the news, was surprised at how much I enjoy listening to people look at cute pictures. <laughs> and I played the mental game for a while of if I wrote in, what would it be about? My cats, my job, etc. Turns out this is about sports. Nobody saw it coming. I generally don't care about sports, but this is also about history, and I care about that. A couple weeks ago, my husband and I attended a hockey game. While Hubs was grabbing hot dogs and the players were doing their last practicing, I saw some little girls with signs excitedly jumping around as close to the glass as they could. Don't tell anyone, but I started to cry. I've lived in Minnesota most of my life. I knew lots of little boys who dreamed of being professional hockey players, but this was the first year that those little girls could have the same dream. I was there at one of the first games ever of the Professional Women's Hockey League. Nice. There are only six teams so far, and one of them is Minnesota. None of the teams have nicknames yet, so if you have any suggestions, please let them know. You guys are very good at naming things. Also, shout out to my husband for his pure, non-assholish love of sports. He is just as excited to watch men, women, children, whether his team is winning or not. He's just happy to be there. It's enough to melt my cold, cold heart. Aww. For Pod Pet Tax, these are our three cats, sorted by tail length, shortest to longest, Bunny, Chicky, and Laszlo. 
Oh, look. <laughs> no tail, half a tail, and full tail. That's awesome. Wow, that's amazing. Those moments, right? You just, something clicks in you. You see girls holding signs for one of the first six women's hockey teams and yeah, the waterworks happen. You know what I really loved watching? And um, a few of us were talking about this. How many young boys were waiting with things for Caitlin Clark to sign in Iowa? <sighs> Not just the young girls, young boys. And that to me is huge. I mean, the, the, the focus on women's sports right now is growing so quickly, and I love to see it, all of it. Agreed. Oh, that's so great. Thank you for telling me about that. Um, I remember she just broke the record. Yeah. It was mm. so good. So yeah. good. Logo three. Boom. And she drilled it. It wasn't even like it went <laughs> off and it made, it was like nothing but the, net. the noise of drilling a three-pointer from that is is a noise that is recognizable on a basketball court by any basketball player. It was gorgeous. That's perfect. How perfect. Oh, that's so great. She knew she was going to do it too. It was, oh, it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Mm, so good. All right, everybody. Thank you for sending in your good news. And thanks to uh, Representative Congressman Jared Moskowitz for joining me today. That was a brilliant conversation. He's so great. Uh, I appreciate him um, and all our Dem reps who have to be in a two-vote minority in the House right now. It's just, mm -hmm. it's just such a shit show. So I thank him for coming on. And uh, we'll be back on your ears tomorrow. Make sure to check out the new episode of Jack. And uh, also the new episode of Clean Up on All 45 comes out uh, this Wednesday. Until tomorrow. We're back on your ears tomorrow. And until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Take care of your family. Vote blue over Q. And take everyone you know with you, especially because early voting has started in Texas. And I want Jasmine Crockett reelected. Yes, it's imperative. <laughs> take everybody with you, Texas. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for the Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry, 
We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is lawyers, guns, and money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.